the most interesting things in the world. Try and imagine what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. I am the sun. It's been a while since I've been on the mic. I spit what I like and looking for a different life. I landed and managed to be gifted to write, but my best friends left, so I stick to the right. I tried to tell them they ain't listen to me. They're missing the key. There's plenty other fish in the sea. But when you care about somebody that ain't wishing to see, a vision so deep, patience is the gift that I need. Please bless me, let me live stress free. Right now I got a bunch of problems and I'm neck deep. I'm trying to find a way to get my head free. Relax, writing these tracks so I can breathe, breathe, just breathe in the air. No role of control, I'm releasing the care. Stay green like the leaves on the trees are a pair. Man, I'm needing to share, ain't no reason to stare. You you can't have an experience of nothing. Nature abhors a vacuum. Ooh, shit. I like that one. That's called the. Uh... The Sun by Jake Breathe. Show him some love. He's on the site there. Uh, link his info to the end of the description. It was brought to us via one of our beautiful and inspiring staff of the site, Ben CMCP. Loved speaking with him. Great stories. Um, he's got a positive perspective and usually a cup full of Aya. Uh, it's really helped him transform from a young stallion to uh, just a wonderful human being. Um, definitely going to like this one. Uh, feel free to show us some love in the podcast group. Any suggestions or music? Shit, send them this way, man. Uh, I'll put whatever. As long as we get permissions, we should be fine. But uh, as always, I fucking love you and keep spreading that love. All right, Ben CMCP, welcome, man. Thank you for having me on, man. It's been uh, it's been definitely long overdue. It's nice to get my voice out there for sure. It's nice to hear your voice as well. <laughs> also, uh, good at doing a little quick face to face beforehand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to definitely put a face to the name and vice versa. Hey, uh, the name BM Ben CMCP. Where did it uh, come from? How did you go about getting this name? So that's my handle from about 20 years ago, I, uh, I, I got my Microsoft certifications. I got into the IT field about 20 years ago. I was, uh, yeah, yeah. So I got pretty hard into that and that was my handle for my first name, uh, last initial. And then my, uh, my title, I was a Microsoft certified professional for years in the MCU. That was my first one. So I just stuck with that. Nice. And then it kind of transitioned about 10 years later when I got my license up here in Canada to grow medical cannabis. And then it became CMCP for medical cannabis producer. So it worked out out pretty well. I didn't have to fucking change it then. (laughs) That's fucking awesome, man. Dude, I'm I'm in the IT industry as well. I've got a a CCNA about uh, last uh, two years ago, man. I've been doing networking nice. and technology since then, man. I used to be a refrigeration dude for eight years before that, though. But uh, yeah, I know. good to see other uh, IT dudes out there, man. <clears throat> yeah, I've been doing it now for a couple of years. I've been off on uh, with a disability. I mean, mm. I got into the IT field originally because I got into a really bad accident about 20, about 23 years ago now. I remember you sharing uh, a little bits and, and pieces of that. Do you mind kind of, you mind sharing? Not, not at all. No, uh, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy story. So I was a healthy, fit, fucking scrappy little dude. Beautiful uh, young man. Yeah, like 19 years old, <laughs> fucking badass, heavy drinker, partying motherfucker, into just about everything and everything. No fear, just a, a bit of an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, it comes with the territory around that age, huh? 
we were all young once. We all changed. But uh, no, yeah. I was about just before I was 20. Uh, I was at a graduation party in my city in Burlington, Ontario, where I where I grew up in high school. Nice. And uh, I was at this party. I probably drank 12 beers in a funnel throughout the course of the night. Oh, so I was shit. I was gone. I was pretty loaded. And uh, I was a laborer. I worked at a building supply yard. That was my full-time job. So I was just slanging shit all day, lifting things and this physical, physical job. And I had to be at work for six o'clock the next morning. So yeah. I'm at the party looking around. Can't find anybody that uh, wants to drive me home. That's all good. It's not that far. I'm going to walk. So I leave the party as I'm walking across the road. It's a four-lane road, not a really busy road. It's like an old old highway before they put the freeway through, so it doesn't get that much use. Yeah. And I'm crossing from the driveway over to the street corner. And as I'm walking, and I got my head turned behind me talking to a couple of girls, saying goodbye to them, and just kind of walking across the road. And unbeknownst to me, because I'm not looking, there's a Jeep Cherokee doing about 80 kilometers an hour coming towards me that's Ooh. being driven by an undercover police officer who, who's paying attention to all the cars and the kids at the side of the road getting in and out of their cars and, you know, paying attention to the party, not, not really paying attention to what's in front of him. And mm. I didn't see him. I walked into him. He drove into me. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I broke everything from my hips to my toes. So after that, it was a big change into the IT field, and a big change just in general, just in life, in, uh, in everything, you know? <laughs> Man, dude, so you're, you're, well, you said right before you were 20, so you're about 19, 20 years old when that happened? Yep. Yep. Oh, geez. So how long did you spend in the hospital? Were you, were you, were, did you go into, what was the damage? I ended up, well, I broke both femurs, both tibias, oh. fibias, completely crushed my right calcaneus, a couple other small injuries here and there. Uh, but the, most of the fractures were compound. I lost a big chunk of artery. Uh, I have a, fa- a fasciotomy because I had compartment syndrome. The calf muscle got hit so hard it was cutting off the circulation of the foot. Oh, uh, so originally man. they were going to amputate my leg, but they managed to keep it because um, I basically told them that I could I could feel things when they were touching it. They couldn't get a pulse on it, but I was like, oh, I can feel that. I can feel that. I couldn't feel it. I just wasn't <laughs> ready to give up my leg yet. Uh, but anyway, I started getting it's a pulse. Just let that fucking thing go, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. Now I think back on it, I'm like, life probably would have been easier with you know, a, a dead leg that fucking aches all the time. If they had just oh, cut it off, it probably would have been better. But hey, what are you going to do? But anyway, I got out of the hospital in 30 days. Uh, I just, I didn't want to be there. 30 days. Damn, that's still a good amount of fucking time, man. Yeah, it was a good amount of time. all the time or did you have but some I was like, No, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be in a hospital. I'd rather go yeah. be in a hospital bed at my house and, yeah. you know, whatever. And I, I... I bounced back pretty quick. I was a pretty resilient person, nice. uh, pretty strong mentally as far as that goes. So I put a lot of time into my rehab and physio. Did they originally you, they said you'll never walk again. Damn. Uh, did you did you get did you had any kind of head trauma as well? I luckily I didn't get any head trauma. I didn't get uh, I didn't get any spinal injury. I'm so oh, man. looking back on it now from a different perspective. It's not the worst thing that ever happened to me. I'm so lucky. I'm absolutely oh, yeah. lucky. Like most people wouldn't survive that 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 kind of an, an impact. Jeez. I don't know how I did. Like I flew <clears> 40 <throat> feet in the air from where I was hit. Uh, my Adidas shoes were still where I got hit, and my body was nice. 40 feet away. I got knocked out of my shoes. Jeez, uh, man. What happened to yeah. the cop? I mean, what, whatever happened to him? He, we, we started up a suit, but in courts, they kind of assigned us both about 50, 50 blame. We got a settlement, but it wasn't, not, it wasn't anything to live off of. You know what I mean? Did you ever talk to him like afterwards? 
you know what? That's a crazy story. Oh my God. That's an insane story. So I didn't see the guy ever since that night he hit me and my memories of that. And of course I'm in shock. It's huge trauma. I was uh-huh. bombed out of my mind. When I got to the hospital, my alcohol level was 0.16. Oh, so man. it was more than double the legal limit here. Uh, so I was plastered and, and I don't really remember too much of him. I kind of, you know, flashes here and there. I don't know what's real. What's not one of those kind of scenarios. Yeah. Um, but no, I never saw him. He never attended any of the court proceedings. It was always lawyers, lawyers, lawyers. Uh-huh. Um, and then a year and a half ago, and almost two years ago now, almost two years ago, uh, we had an ayahuasca ceremony out here on our land uh, down at the teepee. And the message I got from Mother Ayahuasca is that I, I have to reach out to uh, the officer that hit me, Clive Hubbard. I have to reach out to him. Oh. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? Like, what, what, that, what, 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 why? I got, you know, I was so uncomfortable with it and I, I ignored it. I like directly ignored it. I was just like, no, it's not real. Like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. It's too uncomfortable. Whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. I don't even know where the fucking guy is. I can't get a hold of like whatever made excuses and just things in my life started to go sideways. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, the only thing that's really different is I didn't, I directly disobeyed a message from the medicine. I directly disobeyed <laughs> it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if I just do this uncomfortable thing, things will turn around. Uh-huh. So I looked the guy up and up, up here where we live, we have what's called the sunshine list. And it's for all public employees who make a hundred thousand dollars or more a year. So there's quite a few uh, public employees that you can find on that list. And I, oh. I was searching for the guy and I found him on the sunshine list. He'd moved from being a police officer into a provincial fire inspector and uh i got his number there at the provincial fire inspector office i called him uh, left him a voicemail he called me back he didn't really act like he didn't know me and i explained to him you know i'm going through some healing and this and that and and one of the things i was told to do is just to reach out to you i don't want to you know any apology nothing like that it was just just to reach out and you know that i'm okay and blah 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 if you ever want to sit and meet and sit down and whatever i'm good with that too and uh, he's like, I don't know, I'll have to talk to my superiors and I'll call you back. And I'm like, all right, okay, whatever. Didn't think too much of it. And he called me back the next day and he's like, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to meet you. Um, I don't have to meet you. I'm not going to meet you. Uh, I think your memories and my memories of that night are completely different. Don't call me again. And what? I was like, WTF. And kind of got a little mad and I'm like, no, you know what? I, don't, I shouldn't be mad at this. This is what was supposed to happen. And I think in its own way, he probably hadn't thought about me in almost 20 years. And I think it might've changed something in him. I know he was, he's not a good dude, but maybe it helped him in some way just to hear that, you know, I don't, I don't think any bad of him and, and that, you know, I'm okay. My life's good. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I felt like to think in a way that that helped him. Regardless well, I mean, of the, the outcome of the conversation. It definitely helped you, right? I mean, <clears throat> oh, big time. It helped me a lot in my, in my own healing and, you know, completely letting that go. And I, I've changed the, the thing, my thinking on that through, through the use of psychedelics, of, you know, yeah. turning something that used to be the worst event in my life into something that, that's the best. I, don't, I wouldn't have the life I have today so if I did anything different. Can you tell me uh, did, along this path of uh, the physical healing? Did you is this when you started using psychedelics, or were psychedelics already in your life at this moment? Psychedelics have been in my life. I, I was using psychedelics from the time I was about fourteen. I think oh, it was my first time with LSD. So it was LSD and mushrooms all through high school. Um, You're a true I don't know. Psycho now, huh? 
Oh, big time from from, <laughs> way, from way back. Like I've had some, I had some pretty profound psychedelic experiences. Very, very close to you know DMT breakthrough kind of friends were going to lock me in the loony bin type shit from <laughs> a couple of really, really big acid trips. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I definitely was experienced, but I stopped doing psychedelics when I was 18. I did them from 14 to 18 and I did a lot. Like I was, uh, I was selling sheets of acid, two, three sheets a week. So we were doing acid oh, you know, at least once a week. And this is but back in the early right? So, you know, way back in the day, way, way, way back in the day. And yeah, we were doing a lot of acid probably in those four years, probably 500 hits. Damn. That's like, yeah. <laughs> you put in some work, dog. Shit. Yeah. 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 We did a lot of acid. Nice. But then I stopped from when I was 18. I didn't touch psychedelics again until I was 30. And then, uh, so I'd stopped them even before my, my accident. And then threw it after the accident. I actually did pretty well. I, uh, I did a lot of just rehab, a lot of physio. I was in the gym doing physio for four hours a day, five days a week. Jeez, uh, man. Just going, going, going. I managed to get myself walking in about three months, just over three months. And they said wow. I would walk again. I mean, I don't walk well, yeah. but when I walk, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, yeah. I still get around and I have for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I, I, things started to get a little worse. You know, those injuries were pretty substantial and I was a young man. I bounced back, but as I started to get older, they started to, you know, come into yeah. play more and more and more and be more and more limiting. Yeah. Um, like I went out and climbed mountains after the accident within, within a year I was out in British Columbia climbing mountains. Um, oh, so yeah, we lived out there for 10 years and I didn't take it easy on my body. And then uh, when we came back uh, to where we're, where we're currently at, um, about 12 years ago or so, um, things started to get worse at about the 10 year mark, about 10 years ago, uh-huh. as far as pain and shit. And, you know, doctors, listen to doctors, it's just pills, 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 pills. Yeah. I can only imagine the the psychological aspect of it. You know, I mean, I've been hurt before, not like that, but I have been hurt where I was down. And even just after a few days, you kind of, you kind of lose your mind. Like you almost need that feeling of sense worth, you know, some kind of a worth, you know what I mean? And yeah, absolutely. How did that absolutely. You mentally, man? You know what? The mental part, I don't think was that harder. I didn't address it. I just kind of worked through it. Um, and I, I didn't do a lot of that healing, I think, until I started getting back into psychedelics. About yeah. That's the thing about that is, is like when you push through it, like you, so a lot of times it's a, it's a matter of surviving. You just push through Absolutely. it and it just comes back when all the stuff does. Always, it's always going to be there unless you yeah. actually deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't... Uh, I, Looking back on it now, I definitely think I had some PTSD for sure that never really got dealt with. Um, and and def- after ayahuasca, I don't feel any of that. I don't I have no more anxiety, no fear, no, um, you know, it's 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 crazy. You had a lot of anxiety, like being out in the streets, or what about like driving and stuff? Same. Driving driving wasn't so bad. Oh. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of anxiety about my capabilities, one of my oh. limitations and this and that, yeah. you know, dealing with dealing with that part of it. And, uh, you know, throughout the use of psychedelics, definitely gained a lot of acceptance for that and just, you know, change, change my outlook on a lot of things in life. That's a lot of gratitude. Do you have a, did you have kids around that time when you were going through this or like somewhere in between? Uh, we had our first kid when I, when it was about a year, no, almost, almost two years after my accident, about a year oh, and a half after my accident. Oh, my wife and I just a year after my accident moved out to British Columbia and we found out 
uh, halfway across the country on our drive that she was pregnant in a Dairy Queen bathroom. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, at that, we're at that point where we're halfway. Do we go back home to our families or do we just go, you know, all the way across the country to somewhere that we, we don't know? And wait, yeah, we wait, just kept on going. Where did you move? Or I guess that's not too important. But the so thanks. So while you were going through this, you had a, a, a baby, right? Growing up. Or- yep. Yeah, I had my son at about a well, he was born in January. I felt about a year and a half or so after my accident, we had my first son. And uh, during that time, I was going through a lot of reconstructive surgery, so I was down a lot. And it was great. I got to spend a lot of time taking care of him and just hanging out with him. So I really got to bonding it close with him during those That's a good thing. A couple of years. So it worked out well. That's a good thing. You know, I often think about <clears throat> excuse me. I often think about people that go through traumatic events like this. And, you know, obviously when afterwards, you're not really thinking about the psychological aspect, especially if it's something you've never really thought about. And, you know, when you put kids in the mix, like, you know, it's sometimes it's unfortunate for those kids, you know, to see their parents like literally building themselves, you know, back up again, but it's kind of maybe a mixed blessing too. You know, if you teach your children, right. To, you know, always see the silver lining in the cloud, you know, I think that would help them for sure. Big time. I know. I know. When I was at my lowest, my son was definitely. My sons definitely were 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 struggling with that. And you yeah. know, part of part of my lows was, uh, you know, from from the pain from the accident, from just getting prescription after prescription after prescription. Um, I was heavily, heavily medicated and heavily addicted yeah. to pain pain medication. Right? Like I it was sanctioned by the doctors. They were giving me huge doses, especially um, in that time you know yeah yeah it, it it was nuts so i got to the point where i was useless i had no soul i was i was not i wasn't me anymore it was brutal yeah. absolutely brutal and you don't really realize everybody else notices it happening before you do you know oh, yeah. so i think that, that that part of it with children and then you know the psychedelic aspect the healing's been uh been pretty good and my son my oldest he's he, he he's a he dabbles in the psychedelics too we Okay. You know, eating acid together. He's done ayahuasca ceremony with me. That's, Sorry, that's fucking beautiful, man. But that that was a, another thing too. Is like, um, you know, if you're honest with your children about it too. Absolutely, and I mean, my cannabis use that. That's how you know my my children were definitely introduced to illicit substances through <laughs> cannabis. But mine was always medical cannabis. By yeah, that yeah. time, they were you know, old enough yeah. to know what's going on, and and it was you know normal. Yeah. Um, make interesting conversations at school when they'd bring up drug policy and things like yeah. that. Go through the drug education, and my sons would bring up these very intelligent points. Yeah, and then, and the teachers would just be, you know, like, "Oh wow, I don't even really know quite what to say to that." But yeah, it, you're 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 right. <laughs> I think that's one of the best things when it comes to, you know, using any alternative form of treatment, including these plants or substances, whatever you want to call them is the openness between you and your support system. And usually your your first support system is always going to be your family, you know? So Absolutely. I 100% agree with being honest. I mean, yeah. if they see this and they can tell as well, you know, it doesn't take a fucking genius to see that, you know, you're fixing yourself and these things can. Exactly. Uh, and they've seen the evidence firsthand. Like they, they, <laughs> they've seen, they saw the change in me, um, after my after my first ayahuasca ceremony, just how much of it changed uh, so many things. That's so many things. And they noticed it immediately. They they both knew what I was doing when I was going. They they were completely aware of what was going on at you know, my son, yeah, my oldest was eighteen, my youngest would have been thirteen. They were both completely aware of what was mm-hmm. going on. 
and they knew why they knew they knew I was fucked up on pain pills all the time. Yeah. You know, they weren't, they weren't stupid. Tell me and, about uh, this ayahuasca. Uh, how long ago was it? And uh, how, how did it all come about? That would have been almost four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I was so low. I was at the point where I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I had plans. I was, I was not going to be here anymore. And, you know, I just kept thinking about my sons. And I'm going, there's got to be something I can do. There's got to be one more thing I can try, you know. And, and I, I ended up um, reaching out to a buddy who's pretty well connected down in Peru. And I uh, was asking him about ayahuasca retreats or places that he'd recommend, people that he'd recommend to go see down there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, no, 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 don't, don't go to Peru. Uh, it's going to take, you know, me a little while if I was going to send you to Peru to get everything ready and connected. And uh, there's a shaman that's actually up in the area and performing a ceremony in one month, like right locally, nice. right down the road from you. And uh, I'm like, okay, great. Uh, sign me up. So I got in contact with him and, you know, got all the information, dieta, this and that, uh, went over the medications that I was on and it's like, okay, 30 days, you have to stop all those medications today. And, uh, I had to go off of a lot of different medica medications, all of them with severe, severe withdrawal, uh, yeah. issues attached to them. Uh, some of them pretty serious. And I just stopped taking them that day, all these medications at the same time. And I thought, uh, we, we thought I was going to go into severe withdrawal. We thought it was going to be really, really yeah. bad. I, to be honest, I had, zero withdrawal wow what? it was the most fucked up thing it's it's the medicine was working before i even drank it it was wow. it was nuts um i didn't get any withdrawal it was just, <clears throat> it was like the first gift from the medicine i i don't know i don't even know how to explain it because <laughs> yeah. i'd stopped other medications just you know one medication at a time and gone through severe withdrawal um but yeah it, it was nuts and so um, within a month, I went to the ceremony and I drank a nice cup of medicine. Um, the shaman has become a really, really close personal friend, just an amazing dude. And I tell you, the first time drinking ayahuasca, no, I, hadn't, I hadn't smoked DMT before. Uh -huh. So it was my first experience with DMT. And this medicine was the strongest medicine by far I've ever had in an ayahuasca ceremony. Um, just insane uh, was it, it was like room? this was in this this was in where i live in ontario oh, okay no shit wow yeah this was up here in canada hell yeah uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 crazy nice. and i i was i was fucked i was floored i was reliving so much shit so much bad shit all the shit that i thought was bad um like it just it it was scary as fuck horrendous I think I would never would have touched the medicine ever again had it not been for the shaman that I was with. So uh -huh. uh, I definitely give him huge, huge props. Uh, you know, certain times, just the connection, the way he would just know to come over or do something or I don't know. It was, it was nuts. Um, but anyway, I felt like it, it definitely saved me at a couple of moments throughout that trip. And I don't think without him, I would have ever gone back to it. Yeah. Um, but after that initial trip, uh, that journey, one of my, my main intention was to, I didn't want anything to go away as far as pain went or this, that. I know that that's not some realistic, that's the medicine, silly. Um, but I asked for, you know, it just changed how I viewed it, um, changed how I think about it. And, and that it definitely helped in that a lot. 
and that was your intent. Oh, big time. Yeah, I always go in with some kind of an intention for That's sure. Cool. I don't go in with a very clear intention, not, yeah. not you know. That helps out um, a lot. Absolutely, definitely, because it's really it's inside you. The answers are always inside yeah. you, right? So right. you gotta ask questions. Damn, that's cool. Yeah, that was my first experience with ayahuasca. Um, but writhing around on the floor through most of the night and just uh, <laughs> definitely one of the craziest, craziest ayahuasca ceremonies I've ever had. That's in. Yeah, and the people who hosted it, I've become very, very close with. We're, you know, ceremonial family. It's my grandmother, yeah, the only one I have left, kind of thing. That, that um, right there that you have with that, those, that organization or the group of people is priceless. That's invaluable. That's absolutely. Everybody in this community should strive to have because it becomes a legit social support. Like, you know, we are like a family. We all, you know, initiate each other or whatever the case may be, and it brings people tight you know together that's what we need does it ever i mean uh a good really good friend of mine now you know we, we knew each other years ago we went to high school together we weren't really close in high school uh-huh. um we, we were friends through friends and uh we started getting close after a friend of ours passed away of an opiate overdose mm-hmm. uh, we kind of reconnected after his death and uh he came out to an ayahuasca ceremony we hosted uh, he's come out to a couple and totally changed him he was uh, having problems with alcoholism and it, he hasn't he hasn't had problems with alcohol since you know he can have a beer one beer two beers and not have beers again for a week a month it doesn't matter Beautiful. you know what i mean kind of got rid of that that drinking a 12 pack every night after work yeah, um and and you know since that ceremony and the bond that, that you know was strengthened through going through something like that like a personal experience but in a shared way um you know, we're, we're brothers now. We're, we're, we do shit all the time together. Yesterday we were out fishing and canoeing down a river on acid, oh, you know, for, yeah. <laughs> for seven hours. It was great. You know, like one of those just couldn't be a more perfect day. So yeah, definitely those bonds that get built through the community and we have a pretty tight knit community around here. Um, we have good people that are all, you know, on the path and it's, it's a mm-hmm. great thing to have around for sure to have that support. I agree. That's beautiful, man. Uh, now, are you part of any of the groups on the uh, site there? Um, I quit. Yeah, there's a few I'm part of. Now, have you have you reached out to any people in the in the in the uh, DMT world about uh, about what? Just just like just meeting up and conversating and so forth. Oh yeah, 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 uh, definitely. And I, there's a couple of people on DMT world that I know personally from my personal life as well that yeah. are. Uh, that are on there for sure. Yeah. There's members, there's, you know, members that I've known. Well, one that I've known for shit, we would have been six years old. So like 37 years. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love the local <laughs> groups, man. We created one where I'm at here. And uh, it's funny how you can, <clears throat> you can meet somebody and only know them for like three months and you guys are like close fucking friends, you know, because of the, yeah. the bond is deep, man. It really is. Yeah. 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 And then like a lot of the meetup, the Canada meetup groups that I have, it's, you know, it's pretty broad. It's Canada, but even in that group, there's not a lot for, for, uh, people that are local to each other. Yeah. A lot of people spread out across, you know, the great way North. So it's crazy. I think that's what makes these, uh, you know, these platforms so important, just like the one that we have, you know, all together, we can connect. Yeah. 
Yeah, we you can have that connection. You can have a deep connection with somebody who's <clears throat> far, 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 far away. And, you know, we all do. We all have connections with people that are across the globe. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing to be part of. It's more than, than just a website, you know, it really Absolutely. Is a community. Absolutely. We're all linked together across the country, across the world, across the country. You know, it's, it's, it's all there. We just got to, you know, keep moving and, and doing what we do. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. How did you, how did you end up getting uh, on the site? Tell me how, what led you? Uh, originally I got invited by, uh, by one of the creators and admins to be, uh, to be, to be part of the site when it was first opening to, to check it out. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I was like, shit. Yeah, I'll check that. I'll join up, and I joined up, and just it was that was it. I was on. Man, I've seen you on there before. Just we never, we never talked or even messaged together. Now. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. Uh, there's a few other people on there that uh, you know I've I've seen them, but it's not until we're here talking like this. And, and man, it's always great to hear you know your guys' story. No, absolutely. That's why these podcasts are great. You know, you get, you get to kind of get a party to a private conversation. That's not really private. You know, it's uh, (laughs) somewhere you can go and just hear people talk, you know, real. It's kind of nice. Let me ask you something in terms of, uh, sorry, in terms of um, uh, guided and unguided uh, sessions, like not just ayahuasca, but even like, you know, psilocybin or other things. Um, what is, what are your thoughts on that? You know what, uh, out here, like out on our land, we, we do a lot of work with psychedelics. We get people out for all kinds of different healings. We bring in different specialists, different practitioners. We do, you know, everything from, you know, psychotropic breath work, uh, you know, ice baths. We do, uh, we do sacred sound healing. We do, uh, fire ceremonies. We do, uh, you know, so much stuff and we get into psilocybin ceremonies. So, wait, so let me ask you, so you, this is what you do for a living? Like you're, you're in a, it's not what I do for a living. It's what I do to help. It's, you know, I don't make, I don't make money off of these things. Yeah. Um, this is your passion. Like this is your job, like your real job. <laughs> exactly. It's to bring people somewhere. I mean, we've got, we're out in the country. We have a beautiful little piece of land, private piece of land with a 16 foot teepee in the backyard. So is it it's an a, or is it just like a community of people that this is what we do? Sorry? So is this like an organization that you work for? Or is it just a community of people? that? Okay. It's a community of people, a community of different practitioners. Uh, you know, I've got a Campbell practitioner that, that comes out and hosts Campbell ceremonies. Um, uh, a really good friend who's a breath facilitator. He comes out and does breath ceremonies. Uh, one of my elders from the Six Nations Reserve, one of my Lenape elders, she comes out in the sacred sound healing, uh, does different native ceremonies out here as well. Nice. Uh, my good friend, he's, uh, he used to be actually up in Canada. He's now down out of the States. He, uh-huh. he comes out to do uh, ayahuasca ceremonies. Um, we have a couple of girls that come out to do uh, mushroom ceremonies to facilitate that and small groups so people can go really, really deep with the mushrooms and have um, someone who's dedicated that to them pretty much all night. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, we, and we, we try to bring in, you know, anything that's, that's of a, of a healing kind of aspect or nature, come use my land, come do it, whatever you want. All, how did it all, how does this, this, sorry, how did this all begin? Like, how, how did this all start? 
it uh, it it all started the the hosting. Like we've always had like parties and shit and pig yeah. roasts and you know events. Like I I like to host. I like to make people happy. I like to have fun. I like to you know I like to chat. Mm-hmm. So after my first ayahuasca ceremony, um, I was supposed to go to a second one, but it didn't work out. And then I was talking to my shaman who was in Canada at the time, just across the country. And he was, you know, going from place to place, holding ceremony and this and that. And he asked about coming out. If I knew of a place in Ontario where he could come in the summer and do a teepee ceremony. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You come up to my property for sure. It's perfect. <laughs> and whatever. So we, we, we got that all set up. We came out, he got the ceremony all set up. There was a, a couple that, are, we're, we're part of the local community they're abroad right now um, but they had a teepee that they just purchased and got everything all set up for it that they were going to be doing uh, energy work out of they're both light healers and sound healers uh, just amazing amazing young people and uh, they brought this teepee out for about a three-hour drive away with these massive massive teepee poles they cut all loaded up on the top of a pickup truck and uh, it, it was a, a fun adventure, I guess, for them getting it here. But uh, we brought it out to the land. We set it up with a whole bunch of us that were here for the ayahuasca ceremony. There was, I think, 13 of us that were here, probably six or seven of us that were here in time to get the teepee set up. And uh, I'd never set up a teepee before, but my shaman had set them up numerous, numerous times because he spent time out on the plains in Western Canada. And he was married to uh, a native lady out there for years and years and years in Alberta. So he'd set up teepees numerous, numerous times. He'd trained and studied for a long time with a lot of native elders that held a lot of knowledge as far as that goes. Um, you know, was gifted down on a lot of knowledge from those people. Yeah. And <clears throat> we set the teepee up, had our two nights of ayahuasca ceremony. Uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ceremonies, just magic. It was a completely different experience than uh, the previous ayahuasca ceremonies I'd been to or ceremonies that I'd been to uh, were at someone's living room you know a nice house but you know we're all packed into a living room in a, in a circle like 12 of us yeah. and uh something about being in a teepee with the live fire it was just man that's great dude everything you're different. explaining to me um like in my you're describing it in my head i'm just seeing it man <laughs> i'm really like god damn i want to go man this is like a fucking you're describing like a disneyland for me man <laughs> yeah like as far as the guided goes like the shaman there's so much more um beyond yeah. it like since since doing our first ayahuasca ceremonies i oh sorry let me get back to the story how the yeah, tv sure. came but anyway so the energy healer couple they we talked to them a bunch of times after ceremony they were like we'll just leave the tp canvas up here because we don't want to take the poles back in that right now and uh we're going to come back in and and uh, in a week if that's okay and do uh ayahuasca self-study and i'm like yeah that's fine no problem and they came down a week later did their ayahuasca self-study and the next morning or the next morning they came up to the house we were having breakfast and talking and they're like yeah we've decided now we're going to go abroad so do you want this teepee can we just leave it here it's yours now i'm like are you freaking kidding me (laughs) so it was just dropped into my lap this teepee and and they'd plan to do healing and energy work and stuff out of it so i'm like well you know it's got to keep doing that kind of thing so makes sense we just reached out to lots of different local people and uh, connections through connections to you know kind of put the word out that these kind of things are fine here and we can take care of it yeah ben you you're for real spreading the love man you know people like you and the community that you're involved in uh you guys are an inspiration you really are it's we're trying 
Man. We're trying to be able to facilitate that experience for somebody that, you know, that it's going to be in a, in a safe and oh, yeah, a safe environment and with, you know, a proper healing, healing intention behind it. And, you know, nothing but good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's nice to hold those ceremonies, whether it's the, uh, the psychedelic type or, or any of the other yeah. work that goes on. You guys are uh, doing an honorable thing, man. I, my hat's off to you guys. I, I really, I, I'm telling you, it's it's an inspiration to hear it, and I'm glad that there's people out there like you guys doing stuff. We like try. That. It's it's a challenge right now, of course, because all the restrictions that we have here with, yes. with the COVID. I mean, our group sizes are limited to five, and it's not even you know worth it to really, you know, get involved with having uh, you know groups of people around. Yeah. Um, the logistics of it. And you know things like ayahuasca ceremonies, and uh, my shaman, uh, who I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with another shaman, because um, I don't have to. Uh, yeah. But right now he's trapped. He's tra- he's not trapped, but he's in the states, so he can't. He's an American. He can't get up here. Yeah, um, that's unfortunate. Shut down right now, right? So yeah. uh, there's a lot of things that are kind of on hold. So right now it would be a, a time when we're just you know healing and healing and healing and healing. It's you know, sitting back waiting. And this is when people need a lot of healing. So, Oh yeah, I agree. Hopefully, hopefully things get under control and I don't think want things to go back to normal by any you know sense of the means, but uh, it'd be nice to be able to get back into the work a little, a little more. I bet. I think a lot of organizations are going through this right now, especially like uh, even like treatment centers. Like <clears throat> I, w- I was speaking with somebody who has a uh, Abigail uh, center down south yep. across the border here and they're kind of in the same boat but i mean there, you know there's always you know different means and avenues of you know generating some kind of income for some people depending on their location but uh i just hope that all these you know organizations and small communities can make it through um and- absolutely like that's where we luck out and like, like i said i got this doesn't pay any bills this is just yeah it, there's no there's no money to be made whatever you know yeah. whatever energy exchange there is, it's usually I'm involved in the ceremony, you know? So that, that, that's how I get it paid forward for hosting it here. I feel you. The same thing with like the website here, you know, everything that we're doing is kind of, it's the same exact thing, you know, and it's truly a passion, you know, like I like doing this. If I could do this full time, I would do it full time, but absolutely, that, I'll do it with the amount of time that I have, you know? Yeah. In life. And that's where I like out right now with, with being, being off work and, you know, collecting a pension my my bills are paid so i can take my time and you know do things and i don't have to rely on anything which is nice kind of kind of a blessing right now but what are you gonna do no that's that's very fortunate man i'm really happy that you have that man because you know people people like you and all these other people that i speak with in these organizations um my i'm rooting for all of you guys and i know i'm not the only one and this is the reason why I want to come on here and promote these things and kind of bring awareness to the things that other people and not just in our community, but in other communities are doing and, you know, help them out any way we can. You know, I'm open to always support anybody who's doing anything. If, if I have anything to support. Them with. Absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, we're all doing this here. I mean, even me with this, this is the least I can do, but you know, I'm going to make it count, you know, and, uh, it just started, but you know, uh, the more conversations that you know we're having, the, the better. And, I mean, even even with you, you know, I mean, you're you're obviously doing something fucking great up there, man. And I, like I said, my hats off to you. Yeah, all we can do is try. You know, I yeah. think if anything's done from a position of love and, and good intention, it's you know, it's not going to go wrong. So just keep yeah. plugging ahead. 
Exactly. You know, the reason why I asked the thing about the, uh, <clears throat> the thing about the guidance earlier is because, you know, there's some people who don't, who are not as fortunate to, you know, have certain people in their circles where they can have absolutely you know, connections. But like, for example, um, you know, having at least a trip sitter, you know, especially for somebody that has had, you know, heroic doses, experienced the molecules, things like that, um, you know, experiencing uh, these other um, substances or plant medicines that usually are in a guided setting, like ayahuasca, you know, is, is the main one. <clears throat> you know, I've often asked people about, um, you know, if they think it would be okay for somebody just to experience, you know, uh, maybe not the full experience, but maybe even just a smaller dose with a trip setter, you know, if they have, you know, prior experience and, you know, they've gone and had some pretty deep introspective, you know, sessions in the past. And um, it's not saying that it's better. I mean, to be honest, I think that there is, there's definitely huge benefits in a guided session. You know, there's a lot of things uh, like uh, tradition stuff or preparation, you know, so those things are always great, but I've always wondered about the person, because that's like me, you know, I don't really have too many people on my, you know, social network where I can meet up with some people like this, but I have had some pretty deep uh, sessions in the past with other substances, including the molecules. Absolutely. And I, I say that there's definitely a case for, for, for both. I mean, both are just as important. The guided ceremonies in ayahuasca have been beautiful. They've been great. But I've had some nice. very, 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 very profound, deep, uh, crazy, crazy, crazy revelations and just, uh, you know, messages and healings that, that were me on my own, either either with DMT alone, or you know, vaporizing DMT, or smoking DMT, or chonga, or or drinking ayahuasca by myself, and some or with a small group of friends, not not having any shaman. So I, I definitely can advocate for both. Um, but like I said earlier, my first ayahuasca experience because I I hadn't done a lot of say. I mean, I'd done a ton of psychedelics when I was young, but I never did DMT. This is a different uh, one, yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit. It's a little bit different. And although I'd gone really deep with acid, that's you have a hard time recalling when you go completely off the rails on acid. Um, your brain blocks a lot of that out. You're gone for hours, and you don't really know where you were. It's it can go completely sideways, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, even after having experienced that from a very young age, um, I wasn't ready for. I don't think what ayahuasca was going to give me that first time, that first dose. Um, mm. Like as soon as I. It was probably wasn't even a half hour after drinking the medicines. I have a pretty damn quick metabolism. Usually, when we'd have acid back in the day, I'd be the one that to test every every sheet, every new sheet, every new batch because they'd know right away if it was working within half an hour. Um, <laughs> you know, other people it's like an hour before it starts mm -hmm. to kick in, yeah. and uh, I'm already grinning ear to ear by 30 <laughs> minutes. So anyway, the ayahuasca ceremony was the first one to purge at 30 minute mark. And as I was purging, everything just, I got sucked into the vortex and my purge bucket was just uh, sacred geometry spinning everywhere yeah. and pulling purge out of me. And my purge was multicolored and string yeah. and weird shit and just, yeah. it wasn't normal. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Where am I? And I finally got my head out of the bucket and I wasn't in the living room anymore. I was somewhere else. And Everybody was fucked and people oh, were screaming and puking. And I, I was just like, what the fuck is going on with the shaman? Every time things kind of felt a little overwhelming, all of a sudden there'd be just be this touch nice. on your back. Boom. Nice. And you're like, wow, okay, I'm okay. I yeah. like, okay, I got this. And I think I fought it a lot in the beginning too. But 
this, had it not been for that shaman and just the timing of some of those things, I just think the experience, I would never have gone back to it. I can definitely yeah. say that. I would have just drank it by myself with my wife sitting on the couch oh, next yeah. to me. It would have been um, a <laughs> My wife's super cool. She's, she's done <laughs> Iowa with us a bunch of times. She loves to sit in ceremony. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, that would have been it. Like, I'm Let's never see. touching that again. Yeah, you make a good point because, and this is the one thing, I forget who I was speaking with. I was chatting with somebody in the Discord about this. And um, for sure, if it's like your first time experiencing the molecule or any of these, uh, any any psychedelics, if you can have a trip sitter at the very least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I and think with that that enough is for, especially for ayahuasca, I mean, for first timers experiencing the molecule or even just any psychedelics, when they've gone through with the guided ceremony with ayahuasca, it's always benefited them for the, for the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's like first time, definitely with the molecule. I, I, I would definitely, I'm glad I had somebody there. <laughs> That's nice. Cause my first time, my first time with the molecule alone, uh, my first real breakthrough, um, was with my first extract, my first ever extraction. And you know, the first extraction you ever do when you do it. And it's the first time I'd done DMD and it starts to hit you and you're like, is this right? Oh, yeah. Did I break the universe? Did I do this right? Am I poisoned? Did I kill myself? What the fuck oh, is yeah. going on? Oh no! Like, no, no, no! This is what it's supposed to be like. Okay, you know. Uh, but but I'm so glad my wife was there with me, just that presence in the room, just knowing that there was somebody there. You know, kind of ground you, just making sure. Like, yeah, yeah. It just it, I think there was that reassurance. But since then, I mean, I don't mind if I'm going alone or with people. Well, I think like I think it, for the first time, it helps you almost. It helps you almost let go and release. Uh, absolutely, because I, I, I there was a time when I think I remember going. I'm safe. Like my my wife's not shaking me, or I don't think she is. Mm -hmm. um, the house isn't on fire. Like I'm good. You're like I remember yeah. I did this to myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially you're using a dab rig, like have a sitter, oh, yeah. man. Have oh, yeah. somebody there. Like, fuck, I was talking to you about that, right? About the dab rig. Well, which, which one? <laughs> yeah, no, just, just about how it's good to have somebody with you if you're going to be using a dab rig because that could get pretty, uh, pretty hairy. Oh, heck yeah! Like I don't know if you're. If you're in, into Facebook or if you're part of any of the Facebook groups about DMT, no. um, but I can remember just before DMT World um, started up, there was a guy who was in the group and he posted a picture of himself in the hospital and he'd burned himself. Oh, he'd fallen, he he'd, he'd was solo, had his torch going, oh, got his banger wow. hot, had his torch still going, took his hit, big breakthrough dose, went out. And then he's remembered while he was out, oh no, the torch. So he just clamped it between his legs so it didn't fall over and uh, burn his couch. So he oh, has this torch going full strength right on his crotch, dude. Oh, damn. Burned himself up real, real bad. And then worse than that, he ended up getting charged because the cops and everything showed up and this and that. And they found all his DMT what? stuff. So, you know what I mean? You don't, you, don't, you don't want that to happen. That's worst case scenario right there, man. Yeah, exactly. And I'd, I'd seen that. And stupidly enough, my very first time ever going solo, I used my banger. And what was I thinking about the whole time? I was going, oh, my God, did I knock the banger over? You had to test it out for yourself. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So now, at least if I'm, you know, if you're going that route, have somebody with you because that's a, that's a shitty thing to think about while you're, uh -huh. while you're going through that. <laughs> you harm reduction the is, oh my god am i burning am i burning no harm reduction is a big is a big thing in this in this um, big time whatever big time that's why a lot of 
people with heroic doses of mushrooms like that, that can be crazy. And, and to do that alone, I mean, damn, shit can go sideways. You know what really often, fast. You know what often stands out to me when it comes to um, safety as people that are on medications or people that have some kind of uh, underlying issue or pre-existing issue or something. Um, like when they're reaching out and asking people for, um, you know, some kind of a, I don't know, some kind of guidance. I always, I always, that always stands out to me because uh, me personally, I don't know exactly what that's like, but then at the same time, I'm like, I don't, I mean, I, you know, we have to kind of be careful about that, you know, because you never know what could, could happen to that person. I mean, the best thing to do is do your own research, right? And Absolutely. For sure. Holy shit, there's a fox down at my teepee. Dude, you got a fucking teepee in your fuck. Dude, that is fucking crazy. Well, it's, it's, oh, we just have the poles up shit, right now. Dude. The canvas isn't up yet. How, what's the weather like right now up there? Oh, it's gorgeous here. Uh, we're, we're up in the t- high 20s, 30s Celsius, you, so it's... Are you like in a in a rural area, like where you can see the stars out real good at night? You know what? We're we're rural. Like, we're, we're zoned agricultural... <clears throat> We're not in the city. We're in the country. We're on a like a three-acre plot. Um, it's all a couple of big houses around us, and then farms. Um, yeah, so it's kind of rural, but it's about a five-minute, not even three-minute drive to the city. Can so you, uh, we don't get great stars because there's a lot of light pollution for sure. Yeah, we can see them, but not. It's not like when we're going way up north. When we're going up yeah. way off the beaten trail, up. Algonquin Park canoeing four days in or something like that. Then you see stars. Dude, I live I live out in the desert and if you drive I live on the outskirts of, of a city. And when you drive <clears throat> if I drive like maybe 30, 45 minutes south of here, there's an area where you just hop out of your vehicle and you look straight up in the sky in the middle of the night. It is something else, man. It feels like a whole different world. I've been out there fucking tripping before, dude. Running through the fucking desert, I I just felt like I was just running in space, man. Just stars all around me, man. It was a peyote trip from when I was eighteen, man. Didn't fucking turn out as good as I wanted to. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's crazy. You got a whole little fucking setup back there. Oh man. God. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if I'm ever up there, man, I'm gonna fucking stop by, dude. I'm Hell yeah, I'd be pissed off if you didn't. <laughs> I'm here for real, man. I meet a lot of people on here, and everybody's got some fucking cool ass shit, man. I'm like, God, I can't wait till I fucking. Absolutely, there's lots of folks in the community that I want to get out here that that want to get their asses out here, and you know, it's all about making it happen. Can't wait till that border opens up so some of the U.S. people can get their asses up here. Yeah, there's actually a couple of people um, in Canada from from our site too. Um, oh yeah, yeah, there's quite a few. You, so you are part of one of some of the groups, huh? So maybe somebody could, if, if anybody's interested, I mean, would that be all right for them to hit you up there through the groups? Oh, heck yeah. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yep. Yep. Hey, join so join Canada meetups, and then we can start breaking it down more regionally as we get more and more Canadians on here. Mm-hmm. How, so how often do you guys um, have some kind of like a ceremony, like in, you know, our session during, you know, before all this COVID stuff. Like- during normal times, we try to do at least two, uh, two two-night ayahuasca ceremonies per summer. Because our, I mean, our weather here, we only get really like three months or so to uh, to enjoy the weather. Three, four months max um, to be able to do all-night ceremonies and shit like that. Yeah, so we usually do at least two ayahuasca ceremonies. We try to do 
at least three or four psilocybin ceremonies. And then we try to host uh, all kinds of other various ceremonies in between. We try to do at least two or three Campbell ceremonies. So we try to keep it pretty busy. And then on things like an ayahuasca weekend, because it's, you know, it's two days, it's two days and two nights, everybody will camp uh, out down by the teepee down in the field. Uh-huh. And, you know, we just kind of set up a little commune down there and uh, hang out. We've got an outdoor outhouse and yeah, we just, we pretty much kick it outdoors for the whole weekend and live out in nature and the weather. It's, it's awesome. So the summertime is like your guys' peak time for, for things to be happening, right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for because it's all it's all um, the land out here. We, it's all it's all geared towards the outdoors, and in the winter, it's just it's no fun. Do you ever do any kind of uh, I don't know, like if you eat meat or not? But do you ever do any kind of hunting out there, or anything or foraging or anything? Is it is like it's a how, how's the land out there, like the climate? Oh, I was I was raised in hunting, so I still hunt. Um, the land out here is beautiful. We're in basically some of the most fertile soil in 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 ontario um we're ontario's garden basically um huge huge agriculture area so lots of good produce around all summer um the land out here is on what's called the haldeman track so it's part of the six nations land what was originally granted to them so it's original originally Mm -hmm. part of their treaty land but they're pushed over a little further onto the reservation i think canada Canada has a a bit of a different relationship when it comes to the indigenous or native people of, of that country, right? Absolutely. There, you know, there's all this talk about trying to repair the relationship and make things better and this and that, but not a whole lot of traction and movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I've, I've studied quite a lot with uh, the local native community here and I've, I've been able to you know, become part of that as well and then get a lot of teachings from them. And uh, man oh man the stuff that they know um the stuff that their elders pass down to them it is just it's insane how applicable it is to today people Um, art like the lost art man is handing down that knowledge you know what i mean like it is it is and it's it's crazy being here on you know traditional native land and then having ayahuasca ceremonies come up here and that's you know south american medicine so uh, when we do ceremonies like that, you get this like eager, eagle meets condor vibe, you know, like fulfilling the prophecy or helping them make the prophecy <laughs> fulfilled um, by bringing, you know, those medicines together in the, in the one place. So it's, it's powerful medicine, man. That's fucking beautiful, man. It really is. Now, have you, do you know anything about like the relationships between, uh, in, like in, in the United States, like the differences between all <clears throat> oh, the two governments? Um, I don't know, I guess recognize, you know, the native peoples of the of the country. Like in the US? Yeah, I like the differences. Do you know like uh, I don't I don't really know how much of the differences there yeah. are, no. Me neither. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing, but I've I've heard I've heard of some people out in Canada talk about, you know, what I uh, what the kind of like here they're called the reservations. I don't know if that's what it is up there. I mean, I'm guessing. Yeah, there's the reservations here and there there's a lot of a lot of the reservations are, are horrible, atrocious conditions that, you know, land that it's not really fit for humans, but it's what was gifted to them or, you know, stolen from them. And then, you know, here you can have this back, you can have this little piece back. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems is, is water, even out where we live uh, right close to the Six Nations Reservation, which is a pretty well-off reservation. They, they, they generate a lot of money out there. 
Um, but still, even right now, they're just almost have watered everybody. And not everybody has water, probably won't for another couple of years, but it's just been the last couple of years they've really been making the push to get actual running clean water to everybody out yeah. there. And this, is a, this isn't like a, a, a way up north reserve where there's no resources and it's, you know, it's muskeg basically. Yeah. Uh, this is a, a, it looks no different than most other neighborhoods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where I live at, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, we have reservations that are right smack dab right in the middle of the city. But like if in Canada, do, do, are there like casinos and stuff like in the reservations too? Some of the reservations that have casinos, bingo halls, their their biggest uh, thing is this tobacco. They managed to fuck oh, the Canadian really? government over beautifully on tobacco, basically, nice. and uh, and and use their their treaty and their rights to not have to pay any taxes on tobacco. Nice. So they yeah they've basically found a way to stick it to the Canadians and the guy <laughs> that did it for the for basically made it, these floodgates open for all the natives across Canada is the guy from. The local reserve here, uh, Kenny Hill. He's a billionaire. Do they have a reservation that that uh, goes from the U.S. to Canada? There is a couple that are connected, and there's lots of because of their their treaty and this and that, they can cross the border a lot more freely yeah. from the U.S. to here than right, than than you or I could just yeah. as a Canadian citizen or as a U.S. citizen. Yeah, right? they built their own channels, right? Like where I'm at here, there's um, I know of one reservation that stretches out into south of the border and and here and it's the same thing same yeah thing. pretty cool yeah. um where you're out there do you do any kind of like uh mushroom uh, hunting up there where you're at? i don't get out as much as i used to um uh, like my, my mobility sucks these days so i'm pretty much on the beaten trail uh like you know back in the day 10 years ago up to you know 10 to 20 years ago after, you know and then even before my accident uh, fuck, that's all I was doing was being out in the bush looking nice. for shit, so looking for it. I mean, still, still now here we have just on the property, just within, you know, arm's reach where I can ride my lawnmower down to the field and pick a lot of different edible and medicinal plants just nice. on the property. That's always something that I've always, I've, you know, I've, I've never really lived in a, in a green place, so to say, except once when I was younger out like in uh, Iowa, Nebraska areas, just totally different than what I'm used to. Yep. I listen to people that go out and forage and within an hour, you know, they got a full basket of shit. And I'm like, Jesus, I don't even know what that's yeah. like. And you know what? It's amazing. Just when I actually take a walk, when I started to be shown a lot of this stuff too, by, by the indigenous people here, uh -huh. um, a lot of these different things that I've just walked by, it's a weed, it's a weed, it's a weed, it's a weed, just overlook it, cut it down, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, the, this is a medicine for that. This is a medicine for that. This is a medicine for that. That's just edible. That tastes like this. And she's like, what? Really? <laughs> All this stuff? Like, I, I pretty much, you don't have to buy groceries if you just want to go pick weeds Interesting. out here in the summer. You yeah. know, it's it's that's, it's crazy. That's that's truly like the earth providing, man. That's that's a beautiful fucking thing. And there's not not too many people who experience that from that, that I know, you know, most of the people are in the cities and stuff, but you, you brought up this uh, YouTube channel. I was thinking about um, <clears throat> there's a, uh, this dude named, um, I forget his name, but his, his channel is called the uh, botany pays or crime pays botany doesn't. And this guy goes around all over the world and he's just identifying all these different plants and shrubs and cacti. And you're like, geez, what the fuck? You, you know, you don't, you look at, nature in a different light you know after you you get all these identifications or even purposes or benefits that you can get from you know certain things that are already growing in your environment 
still there? Yeah, sorry about that. Did you cut out? Did I cut out there for a second? Yeah, yeah, I missed the last part. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying how, like, um, you know, for somebody like me who's never experienced it, but I hear, you know, people uh, telling stories about it, it puts uh, nature in a different light, especially when it's providing for you, you know? Big time. Big time. That's like hunting. I mean, I find with hunting, I'm not really hunting the animal. It's, it's coming to me at a certain point during the hunt. You know what I mean? Like I can, it's not so much about stalking an animal. It's just that that animal is coming to you at the right time or letting you come to it at the right time. What kind um, of uh, hunting, like in terms of uh, animals or whatever that you, you guys do up there? Uh, here, well, when we were out in BC, it was a lot of moose and elk and deer. And here it's mostly deer, rabbit small game squirrels things like that um you know pretty much out in, out in bc was a lot more of the big game hunting because we we had that we were a lot more remote so we relied a lot less on grocery stores and things like that out there for our meat supply nice. and you know it was part of the just part of the culture out there it was the big game hunting because we were way out in the middle of the bush and you know, there was there was more animals and there were nice man more animals than than the area could support basically so yeah do you it was nice to be able to take that that wild that wild meat and i mean it's a it's hunting if you're if you've never done it um it it's there's something about hunting if you're a hunter um about taking an animal's life it's not a joyful thing whatsoever i'm always so sad and grateful yeah uh, because we used to meet you know what i mean i would never be a, a trophy hunter i think that's that's disgusting um but to hunt for food i mean i'm i'm of the belief that an animal eating grass so you can eat it is the same as you eating grass in a way. I mean, we're all connected. Yeah. We go back and we feed the ground that feeds those animals. It's everything is connected. All life yeah. is sacred, all life. So when you're going to take a life of a plant, it's to me, that's no less sacred or no more sacred than the life of an animal. It's still life. You know, this thing was created by the same thing that created everything else. Definitely. So anything that we're consuming, it's not about, can not consuming this or not consuming that. It's about consuming it all with respect. Exactly. Um, yeah. As opposed to just being a consumer, consuming what's easy, consuming. That's why we spend a lot of time foraging. We're not foraging, but growing our, you know, our own food and yeah. using what comes up wild around the property. Um, you know, to not have such an impact or lower impact, but not everybody's in a position to do that. Of course. But there's always something you can do to definitely lower your impact and, you know, just know, you know, more about where your food's coming from, what you're yeah. putting into your body and, you know, what, what goes into the resources of getting you that, say, avocado that and a lot of my vegan friends up here in Canada, avocados don't grow by themselves. Like they've got to be trucked in from far, far away, flown in. And when you think about the impact, how much carbon, how much pollution in the environment, how much destruction, um, what, what other native land or species was chased out of the area for them to plant that avocado plantation down in Mexico, uh, you know, whatever the different the different things that go into that avocado that you've got to get up here in February to support yeah. your diet. I There's mean, are you doing, balance. are you doing more for the planet or more animals harmed in the clearing of that land for the avocado and, and in the carbon that's going into the environment that's killing off all kinds of species. I mean, is that better than just eating something local and readily available? Like a rabbit that comes, you know, walking through the property or raising some chickens that are pretty much self-sustaining. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? It's no, not. I, I agree. I think I think the argument and the big issue is in in the balance in everything, including you know how 
humans, you know, the impact that we have for, for necessities like food. Um, I think that's what it is. It's just a balance, you know, and people just being aware of things, you know, and, and just moving towards that direction. You know, nobody's going to be perfect. We're all humans. We all have our own perspectives. And, you know, but for me, I, I, we're all in, we're all in different circumstances too. Yeah. Not everybody can, has the ability and, you know, don't feel bad if you you don't have the yeah. ability to eat I mean, food that's organic all the time. And just the awareness alone, man, is enough to, exactly. eat, you know, and for me, to be honest with you, I, up until I, you know, became part of this community, you know, and, and started researching a lot of this stuff, you know, I, it was never even a, a, another, you know, a thing in my head, but I, I yeah. see it now as for what it is. And, you know, just it's it takes time sometimes to fully, you know, change or what, what it is that you do. But you can just, you know, one day at a time. So. Absolutely. That's nice, man. I'm really happy that you're in a, dude, it sounds like you're in a great fucking spot, man. It really does. We are. I mean, with having to, well, for the first little while here, we were having to sell quarantine. I really couldn't have been in a better place where, you know, I got space to go out and walk around. I was feeling for my friends that were stuck in apartments in the city and things like that. Um, yeah, I love it. I got lots of time to garden and I got lots of garden to spend my time in. So it's <laughs> nice, man. Yeah. And you got, you got your whole family over there too. Uh, right now, just my youngest son lives with us. Actually, my oldest son, he moved out, okay. uh, 19. He moved out and had a child not that long oh, after. So yeah, I got a little granddaughter. Your grandpa Ben or what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Congrats. Yeah, she's coming over tomorrow for the day, so I get I get her from the afternoon until oh, sometime in the morning. Oh, so blessed, man. That's I thought having kids else. was great, but having grandkids is just next level. You did, you know, I always talk to my wife about this. You know, we have children as well. And <clears throat> I see my parents, I see my uncles and everybody going through their stages of life, you know, they're they're young, fucking uh bachelors back in the day kicking up their dust and then they had children became a father or parent and then watched them become grandparents and it's just like a whole another different chapter in your life and i'm like man i i got six boys you know for me i'm like i wonder what that's gonna look like but you know i i can only imagine i can only imagine <laughs> yeah so far just the one just the one granddaughter but man yeah you got six boys yeah dude i got six boys my youngest is uh six and my oldest he's gonna be 20 in october holy crap yeah no i just got two boys so you're you got three times the amount of trouble it's well it takes time man <laughs> three times the amount of love yeah yeah lots <laughs> well, of time, just building the relationships you know all relationships take work and you know for yeah. me time management comes into play because i have to give them like the most my, i have to make my time precious with them like they have to make account just like with anything else including like these talks that i have with people yep um it takes a lot of you know mentally wise to time you know to, to kind of shift from one uh, mind state to another one to you know direct effectively communicate with each one of them yeah because they're all so unique and individual they're all completely different i mean I only have two of them and they're polar opposites. I couldn't imagine what six would be, be like, like. How do you keep it straight? Which attitude do I take now? How do I talk to this one? Which tone am I allowed to use? Like, <laughs> I'm lucky that I have a great and strong wife and she carries a big part of the load, man. Yeah, it's it's amazing to have a partner. I mean, definitely. I would definitely. Do, and when it comes to parenting, it, to me, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, still married or together but if you're a parent man you still got to be a partner you got you can't be enemies definitely 
when you got kids with somebody. You got to you got to work together whether you stay together or not. Yeah, you're preaching in the choir, dog. I got <laughs> I've been, I've, that's something that you know is is earned as well, right? <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man, I, I hear you, man. It's something else to <clears throat> you know be involved in things like this and also be a parent because uh, it brings in different aspects. You know, it really does. Yeah. yeah. But I always say the more honest that I am, you know, the, the better. And obviously, I'm diff- on varying levels, you know, because the conversation that I have with my six-year-old is not going to be the same as my 19-year-old, you know? No, no, not even close. <laughs> raising kids, you're like, they go through so many different periods and phases, and yeah. you can't ever give up on them. That's beautiful, man. I, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm really happy for you, man. It really sounds like, you know, you're in a good, good spot right now and you got a good, good head on your shoulders. You got some good, good intentions. It's, it's taken a lot of work to get here. I'm Definitely. Sure. You know, a lot of, a lot of change and it's been, it's been beautiful to kind of be, to be part of a change and to change yourself and just to know that that's possible that, you know, it doesn't really matter what you did in the past. It doesn't matter what yeah. yesterday that's all just a memory. It's all a matter of what you're doing right now in this moment. So, you know. Well, to be honest, I, I yeah. And I know you're there on the on the site and you're doing your thing. And always, always nice to see you floating around, you know, um, doing your thing. And <clears throat> you definitely bring something else to the table, just like everybody else. And, you know, I can appreciate that very much, man. I'm, I'm really, really excited for you guys, you know, what's going on. Yeah. I got to start getting a little more, a little more active on there. I've been so busy with things around the farm and it's just that time of year. It is that time of year. Projects galore. How, now let me ask you something about your um, present um, situation in terms of uh, like use of psychedelics. Like how often are you, are you still, you know, um, in taking these substances? Are you, um, like how involved are you in, in terms of these so, with uh depends on the substance like you know dmt uh i might use dmt itself maybe once every month maybe sometimes less some maybe sometimes once in a couple of months but or twice in a twice in a month or something like that but it averages it'll probably only be 12 times a year kind of thing now um but in the beginning you know a couple of years ago three years ago uh it was definitely a lot more frequent ayahuasca i'll usually drink maybe one, two, three, four throughout ceremonies that we host here a year. And then usually another three or four cups just by myself or with a friend. Um, mm. So maybe seven times with ayahuasca a year. Um, and then LSD. I usually only do the LSD when the weather is nice here because I don't like being cold. <laughs> when, I'm, <laughs> when I'm on LSD, I got circulation problems after my accident with my leg and I just, I, it gets cold so fast. And my circulation goes all squirrely on LSD anyway. You know, so, you know, you know what it does to your hands and your eyeballs and everything else. So, yeah, so it's, it's a little, it's a little more uncomfortable. So I like to wait till the summer and that. So I usually do acid throughout the summer now, every couple of weeks or so. Nice man. Oh, is it, let me ask you for you. Um, I mean, are you the, are you mainly use it for both um, recreational and healing, or vice versa? Or? You, you know what? I don't really think there's much of a difference now because I always go in with more of a healing attention. So it doesn't really matter what I'm doing. If I'm, you know, sitting in a room on a couple of hits of acid, two or three hits of acid, and just kind of throw my headphones on and going inside myself or, mm-hmm. 
like yesterday I'm going down a river fishing and hanging out with my best friend and you know just having a fucking great day laughing at nothing and being out in nature like that there was so much healing in that too it just I felt so rejuvenated even after you know spending eight hours paddling in the hot sun I felt amazing um so there's so much healing in that too and that was you know more of a recreational thing but yeah yeah if you're if you're going in with, you know, we're going to get something out of this, we're not just dropping acid and, you know, going to lose our minds. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's, there's a time and a place for it. One of my favorite times to use acid and I can't do it this summer is uh, going to the big theme park, the big huge theme park by here and throwing them on a pair of shades and dropping a couple hits throughout the course of a day, dropping one at like 10 a.m. when they open the park and one a couple hours later and just going and running around the park and hitting every roller coaster I can. And oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. Man. You know, it's it. So there's there's definitely both aspects to it. But it, when I go in with those intentions of just having fun at the park, that's what I do. I just have fun at the park. But uh, I can definitely see the, the the use for both. Yeah, man, that's... That's that's a hundred percent, man. That's that's good. You know, How about I, you? Well, to be honest with you, for me, um, it's a little bit of both, right? I mean, um, you know, I I used to drink a lot. I used to do all kinds of other shit that I shouldn't yep. have done. And um, since getting on, you know, psychedelics or, or using psychedelics to <clears throat> kind of help me and you know, rebuilding myself, you know, because I I, I suffered some. I didn't. I, I went through some stuff that left me with some trauma, most of it mental, some of it physical. Yeah. Um, but you know, with, with the help, with the use of these plant medicines, uh, I've, I've just kind of opened myself up and rebuilding myself. And I don't really do as much self-destructive shit as I used to in the past. So for me, uh, I, I still incorporate, you know, the plants in, in my, you know, in my everyday life, you know, whenever need be, you know, and it, uh, sometimes it may just be to fucking get a little bit of a head change shit, you know, um, sometimes I have deep, deep sessions where, you know, I, I get like a cleansing out of it, you know. Big time. Even, you know, like yesterday being on a river and going down the river on acid, there's a couple of times when we were both just kind of eyes closed, spinning around in circles in the wind <laughs> in the middle of the river, like that, it just, what what the hell's going on? Where are we? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's always good, man. Gotta love it, man. Look, <clears throat> for real, I, I'm glad that you guys are, you got something like that out there. Hopefully, you know some of our members will reach out to you guys. You know who knows. Um, I always encourage people to reach out to each other in the groups. Um, it's been one of the best things that I've that I've done personally, and I think big time by us making this more of a more of a community than just an online social network um i think it would establish us not you know on, on the bigger stage and the grander scheme of things you know we're, we're one small piece of a bigger picture and that's the, the the community of people who all agree that you know all of these plants have some kind of medicinal value and, and we can definitely benefit. Exactly. And it's not just the plants. I mean, there's so much more to alternative healings, whether it be, yes. you know, psychedelic or, or, or whether it be, True. you know, breath work can be so powerful yeah. to healing this transformation and to right. releasing trauma and, and shit like that. Like it's, it's insane how much you can do just with breath work alone. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely 
you know, the, the community is the psychedelic network, but there's so much more information out there yeah. and there's so much more information that's, that's got to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not, there's just, there's so much you can do for, for yourself to live the best life and to, yeah. you know, be able to live in the world that we're in today. Um, and yeah, psychedelics are definitely a part of it, but there's so much more. Dude, I couldn't agree with you anymore, man. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, dude, is, have you ever done something like a breathwork session or been in like uh, a, a sensory deprivation tank? See, I've been in a, in a, in a float tank before, but I think the one that I was in, it was kind of a small vessel and I could kind of feel the, like the you bump in the sides or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah because I'm, I'm a big dude. I'm like, I'm six foot two inches, you know? So it's like, they put me in this, you know, one size fits all thing. And it was great. The place, you know, they gave it to me for free because I was a veteran and they do it like on a monthly basis. And uh, it was great, but I kept having this feeling of falling back into my body because I could feel the space I was around in, you know, as opposed to psychedelics where you just kind of boom and you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How much? Yeah. I've only gone really, I think once and that was in a really big tank where I've gone deep with the, with a sensory deprivation, I usually run into the same thing. I'll bump into the wall or um, <laughs> something. Will, something will happen. I'll feel something again. Well, I have senses still. Well, like, this, one was, this one was small, though. Like, I can almost feel, like, the temperature, like, above my body getting warmer just because of my breath. Maybe it was the filtering system or the air system that they had in there. Maybe it wasn't right. I don't know what it was, but it was hard for me to kind of uh, focus on, on getting away, you know, and going into my mind. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it just takes time, but to be honest, I'm 100% open to fucking anything and everything at this point in time, man. I've been through the fucking ringer through the VA hospital, and I've tried all their shit, man. But I'm like, no thank oh, So breath, breath has been a huge, huge help to me through all kinds of yeah. tough moments when it comes to pain, to stress, to all kinds of stuff. Just going back to your breath, and even for for going inside yourself, and wow, like breath can just be so yeah. powerful. Do you teach people how to do stuff like that? Or like guide I don't. One of my really good friends, Jake Breathes, uh, mm-hmm. he's a music artist and breath facilitator. He's trained extensively oh, really? and he, the sessions that he hosts and the stuff that he showed me um, and the techniques that I use when I'm struggling through something, whether it be pain or uh, an emotion or, yeah. um, you know, whether I, I want to kind of, I wouldn't say go into the DMT realms, but kind of get into a really, really deep state of meditation um, through some conscious breathing. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the places you can go with it and the things that it can help you with that and just oxygenating, really oxygenating your blood and yeah. breathing through proper techniques. Like one of the first things he taught me was that um, one of the first things they teach a, him, them as breath facilitators that you look at babies and the way they breathe, right? Oh, babies are born to breathe properly into their deep breath into their belly and then okay. as we get older we start taking shallower and shallower yeah. breaths into our chest right yeah. and you're just not getting that much oxygen you got more and more oxi- oxidization in your blood and you're just you're not it's not getting out so that's one of the one of the one of the best techniques that that he's shown is is the you know properly breathing doing a mother breath properly breathing into your belly and then keeping that breath up and different times to hold in this and that. And like, it's, it's crazy what it can do for you. I wouldn't mind trying it out. Maybe after we, we finish this, we can probably talk about setting something up for me, especially, man, I, I'm for real. I would like to try it out, but uh, absolutely. 
I mean, you guys, uh, sounds like you guys got a whole thing. Now, do you guys have um, some kind of a site or some kind of a place where maybe people can go and maybe, um, or, or maybe somebody could just reach out to you? Like if somebody wants some kind yeah, of- Yeah, absolutely. If somebody, if somebody interested in any of the things like that, like, you know, the breath, the cambo, any, any ceremonies whatsoever, if they're, or if they're, you know, in the Southern Ontario area and they're, they, they want to, they want to attend any ceremonies that might be, or be aware of any ceremonies that are coming up. Yeah. By all means, reach out. Um, a lot of it's, it's not advertised or ad hoc. A lot of it's just through mostly word of mouth out here and uh, a lot of referrals, but people in the community definitely more than welcome. Well, I think you guys know what you guys are doing. So definitely, I just didn't, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. You know, when we host a something like a mushroom ceremony, the, the girls that come out and host it, it's a, it's a two participants, the one facilitator. So they can really take care of somebody who's struggling and, you know, they're, they're very, 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 very experienced. So we've had some people go really, really, really deep and just go through some amazing, amazing healings and getting some amazing messages um, because they felt safe enough to go that deep. Yeah. They're like, you know, oh, yeah, I've taken mushrooms lots, but, you know, I want to be able to go that deep and just know that I'm okay and, you know, have some. There's, there's not really, we find with the mushroom ceremony, there's not a lot of guidance because it's hard to guide somebody that's really deep in the mushrooms. It is, but I think that with time, somebody can get gain enough experience to almost uh, be able to relate to the what the person is going through. Absolutely, to be able to relate and to know to know what it is they're going through. Um, yeah. You know, like when someone when you have somebody that starts to go into a loop, you know what to do, what techniques there are to try to bring them back out of that loop. Because you can have someone stuck in loops on mushrooms <laughs> or acid for hours, and nice. hours, and hours. <laughs> So yeah, there's uh, definitely eyes rolling and everything. You're like, oh fuck, man. Oh man, I, I I've had a couple of loops in my time, and they oh, are freaking crazy. <laughs> you ever had a loop on mushrooms or on acid? Yes, uh, I've had one where I the entire the entire session I thought it was me trying to resist the loop, but I was actually in. The loop. <laughs> oh, it was just like, oh, it was it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to work through that shit. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I've I've now I've since then you know gained more experience, or I can kind of feel it, and I just you know redirect, boom. But I like doing the meditation stuff, you know, just kind of leaving my body and going straight into my brain, and <clears throat> you know, do the real work, you know, start rewiring or adding codes to my operating system, as I like to say, yeah. you know, and then uh, come back, and then during the reintegration time is once you start seeing those changes coming across, and then you kind of analyze that, and you're like, okay, maybe uh, we'll see how this goes, and maybe for the future i'll keep some notes and go back in and seek more wisdom from the ancient elders you know oh definitely yeah it's amazing the relationships you can build with the medicines it's oh, it's, yeah. it's insane like i said like i told you about my first ayahuasca ceremony all i could do pretty much is roll around on the floor and, and writhe <laughs> and you know a couple of times i had to get up and go to the bathroom and that was really really challenging and i'm looking at the shaman who's like up singing and dancing and he's drink you know he's drank three times the medicine that i've drank for every one cup i'm drinking he's taking three and i'm like you thinking this is not normal like there's some something wrong like this is he's not drinking real medicine this is he's some kind of shyster or grifter right like how the fuck is he doing this because everybody in the room is, is either over a puke bucket or they're like in the fetal position crying he's probably got like, eye running through his veins man oh exactly exactly and and it, it took me I think six six ceremonies and then six ayahuasca ceremonies in group and I think four or five self studies um, before I got to a point where all of a sudden 
I, I could be able to handle things during ceremony. So yeah. um, if we're, you know, if we're having an ayahuasca ceremony out here, you know, uh, I can tend, I can tend the fire. I've been trained as a fire keeper, so I can, yeah. I can take care of the fire. It doesn't matter how deep I am in my journey. If there's something that needs to be done, I can pull myself back out of that. But I don't, I, I don't, I think that's something that comes as you build a relationship with these medicines. Yes. I mean, when you're first starting with these meditate with these medicines, um, you know, going deep and having anything to do, anything that you have to worry about, it's not <laughs> worth it. You know, I, oh. I often, um, I, I have yet to experience ayahuasca. Um, I have experienced the molecule and the, you know, crystal form, but um, yeah. <clears throat> I often compare, you know, so my use of psilocybin to the stories of, you know, people that have taken ayahuasca. I know there are two totally different um, avenues of approach, if you will, but um, I see a lot of correlations, you know, like even, <clears throat> so like a first ayahuasca ceremony would be the equivalent of somebody taking, you know, anything above five, seven grams of, you know, some nice psilocybin. Um, because you kind of get the same effect. You don't know what the fuck is happening. You feel like you're fucking dying. You can spend your time puking for another fucking hour or something else. And then, um, you know, then you get that introspective part of it. But with, with so many of those, you know, like, like you said, you know, you get a couple under your belt, 10, 12, whatever it is that you feel comfortable enough to where you start having that relationship to where you kind of, you already know, you know, how things are going to go and you have this intention and you carry that attention, intention all the way through you know, yeah. and you're able to literally fix yourself like that is power. And that happens yeah. on both. With, uh, I've seen it in psilocybin with myself and other people and ayahuasca, you know. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Just things are powerful, man. And um, <clears throat> I think with more conversations like this and people just uh, being aware to these organizations, you know, little groups like yours, anywhere out there, um, just bringing awareness to them and kind of promoting them is, you know, for me, my goal, um, because it's the more, you know, you know, knowing is half the fucking battle. Something. Exactly. Yep. And before we had, uh, the big shutdown here, we were trying to get out to a whole bunch of us, uh, throughout their the group that we all kind of run things together. Um, going out to all the different psychedelic meetup groups and to be, you'd be amazed how many like local psychedelic meetup groups there are, oh, yeah. you know, around here pretty much every major city has one through, yeah. through meetup that you can, you exactly. can go and you can go to a meeting, you can sit down and um, it's amazing how many people come to those meetings that have no experience in psychedelics. They're not really, they don't, they don't want to do them. They just, they want to find out more about them. And it, they, there's so many different people with different experiences and different perspectives. And um yeah, a lot of those local meetups that we have around here are, are really cool. So I'm looking forward to those getting started back up again, too, just to be able to go out and meet people who, well, regardless of their experience with psychedelics, just have an interest in it and want to talk about it. And, you know, we can all sit around in, in a public place and, and openly discuss psychedelics. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. I think you brought up a good uh, application as meetup because, to be honest with you, um, not only do I have my own local group that we branched off from the site, but also I'm part of the the psychedelic community here locally through the meetup group, and they've got many different groups uh, within that community, which is a great resource if nobody's ever been there. Um, meetup. I don't, I'm not sure about the website. I'll post it in the, in the description. Um, but they also have an app. It's M E E T U P. Yeah, they do. To reach out to people through local yeah yeah i mean it's it's people don't that are especially i mean 
you don't have a lot of connections in the psychedelic world because it's not everybody's cup of tea, but more and more people are interested in it. And it's, you'd be, I guess, you'd be amazed in your local community how many yeah. people, whether they're on this platform or another platform, uh, are into psychedelics and want to learn more about psychedelics and, you know, would love to have somebody they can discuss psychedelics in person with and that they can, you know, trust to be in, in, a, in a ceremony together or mm-hmm. hold space for one another. There's so much healing in that too. And, you know, bringing people together in your local community that, you know, you can have those bonds and those connections with through all of these shared experiences. Definitely. And I also think that you'll, you'll often find some people, some very knowledgeable, knowledgeable people there, some elders too, you know, people that have been doing this since, well, since I was a baby. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a, like I said earlier, it's amazing how diverse the groups can be. Um, you know, people that you, you, you don't take as a typical psychedelic person, someone that would be into that, but they're, <laughs> wow like yeah like you said these some of these older ones that just have this wealth of information and experience and uh you know yeah it's it's wild to see and a lot of them are uh you know had done it years ago and gotten out of it or getting back into it too so it's nice to see you know not not psychedelics necessarily becoming mainstream but just they're more normalized i guess it's it's kind of like marijuana was here before it went uh before it went legal it was so normal even though it was still illegal exactly. uh, everybody was doing everybody was talking about it nobody cared and you're starting to see that now cannabis is illegal here they're starting to make a less and less of, of an issue about psychedelics like you don't hear that much about them in the courts and this and that whereas when yep. cannabis was illegal it was always this bust and that bust and you know they're charging this person for this many pounds and this many plants and this and that um so i think we're starting to see more, you know, though I don't think this is happening worldwide too, just a more of an acceptance of people being able to do what they want with their own consciousness. And, you know, cause they're going to do it anyway. What's the point of shutting somebody down for, for them wanting to alter their own consciousness and expand their mind or use something in, you know, for, for healing or numbing, everything, everything you take, whether it's sugar or, or psychedelics is altering your brain chemistry mm-hmm. in some way, shape or form. So, you know, who's an authority to you know say what you can and can't take. And, I don't know about how bad things are down in the States, but things like the opioid epidemic, oh, it's all because drugs are illegal that it's so bad and we're losing so many people, yeah. you know what I mean? Same. And thing. I think a lot of, a lot of governments are starting to wake up to that. I know our governments here had experts that were over in, in Spain, like looking at what happened there and how they kind of got out of it. And, you know, looking at some of these different models that are popping up and seeing them now as viable. So I think that's, I think it's a really, it's an interesting time to be alive right now for, for sure. sure. For, for all of these things all across the world and just interesting times in general. Have you ever uh, looked into uh, Ibogaine or Iboga? I have. Uh, I really have a lot of interest in it. I haven't done it yet. Um, I don't, you know, need to do it for addiction issues or anything like that. I want to do it more or less so that I know um, what I would be, you know, pulling somebody into if I was mm-hmm. to start helping people get in contact with those kind of ceremonies. Uh, that are in need, so I don't want to send somebody through something that I haven't been through. Um, but definitely, I can see like, I've done so much research on aboga. Uh, I had the honor of meeting Trevor Miller from Maps Canada, who was an aboga practitioner here when aboga was legal still, and it wasn't a controlled substance. Um, and, and just a really, really cool guy, really into the healing. And uh, like I say, he's the director of our Maps here now in Canada. Um, and, and he, he was right on about it, just explaining how I how I went through my issues with opiate addiction, and how I got lucky that I didn't go through a draw, and just to hear him explain how 
these people and what they're finding now with uh, with what it does for blocking the opioid receptors. Mm-hmm. So people that so the people like like that can go through withdrawal or that don't necessarily get withdrawal, it's all kind of in the mind and it takes a lot of strength. And some people just don't have that to be able to yeah. go through that initial withdrawal um, to be able to get to the the healing part of the medicine, right? Because when it comes to a lot of other psychedelics, you don't want to be on that shit when you're taking it. You're not. It's either going to kill you or it's not going to. It's not going to make things go well, right? Uh, whereas a boga, for most opiates, you can take that stuff when you're in the throes of, of addiction, and it blocks withdrawal. So, for a lot of people that can't handle, that can't even think about going through withdrawal, what a beautiful, beautiful medicine. So definitely something that it's such a shame that here in Canada it's now controlled. Um, but I, I, you know, I kind of understand some of the reasons why it's controlled here now. Um, being that you have a couple unscrupulous practitioners that are not making people go through the proper medical checks and procedures because, I mean, it is, it is dangerous. It's not like a lot of other psychedelics, right? Yeah. Um, some stuff. Where, where you can just take it, you know, as long as you're not on this, this, and this, and maybe you're not schizophrenic, sure, take some acid, right? Uh, drop some mushrooms. It's all good. But when you get into a substance like a boga, there's so many things that it can interact with, and there's different issues with your liver function and your heart. And if you're not checking clear for that stuff, yeah, you could end up dying very, very, very easily. And if your dose isn't right, like there's there's yeah. a lot of factors to it, right? Yeah. Uh, like DMT, it doesn't matter how big a cup of ayahuasca you take, you're going to come back. You're not going to die. Yeah. With a boga, there's a very, very possibility you're going to die. So I, I, boga is one I would definitely want to do with somebody who is so well-trained that, that knows a boga in and out. Um before I'd even think about doing it. It's not something I think I'd ever think about doing alone, but definitely oh, yeah. something I want to, I want to get, I want to get invested in that. I want to get somebody um, definitely in my, in my network that we work together with yeah. that has that knowledge and is able to provide those services because it is so, so needed here for a lot of people struggling for with addictions and city that we live in um, has one of the highest addiction or highest opiate overdose races rates in Canada. Um, oh, it's really, really bad. And a lot of pro- a lot of poverty within a five minute drive from my house. I can go to a bridge that's full of needles and addicts. Um, but you know, people are dying all the time. So to be able to offer something to help those people, and you know, hopefully get sponsorships to cover the fees, because so, you do need medical supervision and stuff like yeah. that. You know, you need to have a nurse practitioner there as part of the team, and and there's all kinds of things you need for a ceremony like that to be able to help heal somebody through that addiction and. Um, the people that need it most don't have the money for it. True. I think that Ibogaine does bring a lot of more complexities with it because of that, for sure. Uh, and to be honest with you, man, I, I hope that, you know, you guys are able to um, end up finding something and, and, you know, possibly providing that as well. I think I, de- I think it definitely has its place, you know. It, it is such a place. I mean, they're, I mean, you know, as you probably know, like they're studying, they're trying to study the compound, right, to be able to pull out just the part that blocks the addiction to give people's patent medicine, right? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, I mean, it's like a synthetic, a synthetic ibogaine, right? Just the actual compounds. Yeah, and they're trying to make it to the point that it, it, it blocks the, the trip part of a, a, a ibogaine. So you don't actually, it's not, it's not psychoactive, really. Oh, nice shit. Um, yeah, yeah. But what they're finding is that every time they do that, every time they kind of get to something that's, that has the potential to block the receptor but removes the trip, it doesn't work. Huh. So there's, there's things, there's so much subtleties in, in these little, you know, medicines that nature's given us that 
try as we may to reproduce, we'll never make it right. It's right there in front of us. That's the right thing to use. It's just about, you know, making it accessible, making it legal and being able to do it with all the precautions. Now, how does somebody send somebody for, uh, you know, cardiology exams and for liver function, uh, liver function, blood work and all these things, how do they get that information to the lab? They need a doctor to sign off on this and that. No doctor's going to sign off on most things that are, that are a scheduled drug, right? So it, that's where we run into a lot of the complications when it comes to a BOGA is how do you get the proper medical screening for, for these people without being in the system, right? Yes, 100%. And you got to ask them, do you have any heart problems? And someone says no. Yeah. That's how you know, it became a banned, a banned substance here in Canada just like four years ago, five years ago. Up until then, you could buy it at health food stores, right? But yeah, it's it, was, it was a practitioner who wasn't going through all the extra work and extra money to send people for these tests before they gave them the medicine. And two people ended up dying. So, of course, they're going to you know, do something about it then. Okay. Um, so it's, it's a shame that it kind of got ruined because it was kind of under the, under the radar. And, and people that were practicing it here openly were practicing it mostly with all the precautions. And all it takes is one person who's not doing it with the right intention to kind of shut that whole thing down that 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 was the saddest part with the boat around here so i really hope they, they make changes to that because as i said there's so much potential in that medicine and I, I would really like to find out what it's all about and uh be able to find a way to bring that to people for sure because it's there's so much potential i'm glad that you have that kind of uh <clears throat> that kind of perspective you know to really look at it as a whole and not just the, the compound and the results itself I think that shows, you know, how much um, attention to detail that you you take when you look at these uh, substances, which is great because um, it kind of, you know, gives will give people that relief of being like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, a lot of times people, it's not even just money that fucks things up. It's people that are not just not well informed. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Got the- exactly. And that's why, like, you know, when we host various ceremonies out here we always try to have some sort of a sponsorship system to be able to bring people in who don't have the economic means to be able to because there is cost to everything right i mean um when we host an ayahuasca ceremony my shaman's flown flown thousands of kilometers to to get here traveled this and that um there's cost of medicine there's you know foods provided all kinds of everything so people there's always an exchange of energy uh, whether it be money or whether someone else providing services because you have somebody that will come in that that'll that'll attend ceremony exchange for massage services and and end up being, you know, doing massage classes or giving massages or someone that uh, holds yoga sessions all throughout the day between ceremony or uh, someone that's dedicated to cooking throughout the weekend or someone who just really doesn't have the means is in a bad place that, that needs some sort of healing. So um, it's nice to be able to have those things as well and have that flexibility into these systems, which you don't get in a traditional system, right? Sorry. Um, what I was saying is uh, I, I applaud you guys. What you guys are doing up there, man, that's fucking great. Sounds like you guys are doing doing it the right way and uh, really good to hear. There's people, it's not just us here. There's people doing it all over the uh, place. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing, man. And that's kind of what I wanted to do with these talks as well, you know, bring awareness, uh, you know, to, to people out there. You know, a lot of us Absolutely. don't know, man. Like, you know, you're, you're down in the States. There's 
there's ceremonies still happening down in the States right now. There's, you know, my shaman's still down in the States. He's traveling, still hosting ceremonies all over the, all over the States. There's still things going on all over the place. There's still people out there, out there doing it, even though we're kind of slowed down right now. Yeah. No, I hear it. Man, it makes (laughs) no no better time, huh? No better time. Fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, there is still people out there doing their thing. And that's, I just, you know, I'd like to bring awareness to those people. So, even anybody else that's listening to things, uh, listening to this right now, you know, anything, uh, anybody want to come on here and you know, uh, bring awareness to any kind of uh, organization or even just your own organization or whatever it is that you're doing, man, uh, the more the merrier. Man. Absolutely. It's a beautiful thing to be able to share our stories and just, you know, build these connections and Fuck yeah, man. love this place, man. It's an amazing community. Lots of brothers and sisters. We're all brothers and sisters. Yeah. Listen, man. Um, uh, I really love having you on. I really love, I could talk to you for fucking hours, man. Hopefully we can. Dude, I love being on. And I'm sure we are going to talk for hours. So <laughs> don't sweat it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this real quick. Is there anything else that you want to put out there for anybody? Any, any final thoughts or anything? Uh, final thoughts? Just look at what's going on in the world. And remember to be good to each other. Just always be good to each other. Because we're all, we're all one. Everybody's you. You're me. So always keep that in the back of your mind, um, you know, fight human nature a little bit and try to grab onto that spirit nature, boys and girls. <laughs> well said, man. Well said. All right. Never learned to endure this miracle. Well, the point is that from a strictly physical, scientific standpoint, this organism is a continuous energy with everything else that's going on. And if I am my foot...